Sing of the mercies of the Lord will also be on the screens. Everybody sing out. to everybody. Uh, thank you all for being here. First Sunday in September. Uh, and hopefully this week it's going to start feeling a little bit like fall. I know it'll probably be just temporary. But uh, anyway, we'll enjoy it while it's here. Uh, but I'm glad that everybody's here this morning. And uh, thank you for choosing to worship the Lord with us here at Cornerstone. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and uh, begin with the word of prayer today. Lord, we do thank you for the mercies of the Lord. We thank you that they are new every morning. And uh, Lord, that uh, we can appreciate and uh, thank you for all the things that you do each and every day. Thank you most of all for providing a way of salvation for us. Thank you for also this church family and thank you for the opportunity to meet together this morning. And uh, Father, I pray that today would be an encouragement to us, but also Lord, today that you would be magnified and that you would draw people closer to you and, Lord, that we'd be drawn closer together as a church family. And, uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would have your will accomplished in each of our lives, and may you be pleased with uh, the songs that we sing and our response to the Word of God. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, let's remain standing as we continue with our next song, Come Thou Fount. The words will be on the screen, and if you want to look in your hymnal, it'll be page 26 in your hymnal, Come Thou Fount. The second verse says, Jesus sought me when a stranger. I'm glad Jesus is a seeker. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Man, I'm glad Jesus is a seeker. Amen. Amen. <laughs> there we go. Let's sing out this morning. Page number 26. Come now, 
First Sunday of the month. Uh, we also have a new memory verse to work on uh, this month, and it is much shorter than the one we had in August. You're welcome. So, Psalm 119, verse number two. And uh, for those who know, uh, or for those who may not remember, uh, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the whole Bible. Who knows how many verses are in Psalm 119? So close. One more. 176. Yes. 176 verses in the entire chapter. And all but I think four of them uh, all have to do with the Word of God. All refer to the, the Word of God, the Law of God, the testimonies, the statutes, um, the Word. All of those different uh, words are used uh, in every verse except for I think four in that entire chapter. So that's kind of the, the Bible chapter. Well, uh, verse number two says this, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. And uh, so that's going to be our memory verse. And uh, hopefully what we're all going to be doing this month, keeping God's word, uh, not just like keeping it and for ourselves and not sharing it. That's not what it means, but obeying and keeping the word of God. And then seeking Him with the whole heart. Hopefully we do both of those things uh, this month, and uh, that's the encouragement. So let's go ahead and uh, say this all together here. Ready? Begin. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. Psalm 119.2. And uh, that'll be an easy one for us to memorize, and uh, we'll give you opportunities as we go through the month to quote them. All right, a couple quick announcements as we continue on with our service. I uh, do want to remind everybody about the evening service. We didn't have one last week, but we will this week. Um, the evening worship service at 5 o'clock. Uh, we had been going through the series, The Romans 828 Man, The Life of Joseph. We're going to pick that back up again. Uh, it's been over a month since we last were in that series, so we're going to do that tonight 
and a very important message that uh, in one of the more dramatic aspects of the life of Joseph is going to take place tonight. And I'm excited to share it with you, and I hope that you'll plan to be here for that tonight at 5 o'clock. And then uh, tomorrow night, uh, continuing on with Faith Bible Institute, for those involved with that. And then Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, midweek service, kind of a normal midweek service. Uh, It's been a while since we've had kind of a normal one like that. But uh, teen service will be happening, children's service. And then uh, we'll be continuing our series through um, the different psalms, Comfort in the Crisis. And uh, we were going to do Psalm 136 a couple weeks ago. Well, we plan to do that this coming week, um, this coming Wednesday night. And then Saturday, uh, we do have our normal outreach time. If you are available and uh, wanting to help with that, that would be uh, a blessing. Uh, Next Sunday is Grandparents' Day. And uh, we're going to be uh, honoring all the grandparents in the service. And then we will also uh, be taking individual family photos for anyone interested in that on Grandparents Day. Um, that's going to be primarily for grandparents and their grandchildren. Uh, but we'll probably have that open for whoever would like to have their photo taken. So um, we'll, uh, we'll do that this coming or a week from today. And then uh, we do have the teen garage sale, yard sale, however you want to call it. Um, Not this coming Friday and Saturday, but the following Friday and Saturday. And uh, Brother Blake wanted me to mention that and uh, also say that as part of that, we're also going to have a bake sale um, in conjunction with uh, some of the items that maybe you have laying around that you'd like to donate uh, towards this cause. That would be a blessing. But then also, if you would like to make um, you know, a batch of brownies or cookies or some breads um, and donate those. Uh, that would be a blessing as we sell those. Um, the teens are hoping that we don't sell those and that we all get to eat them. Uh, but anyway, it'll be a good time. And uh, so if you have any questions, uh, we already had some donations come in for that. Uh, but if you have some donations for that, uh, please see Brother uh, Blake. Um, he'll be available after the service or tonight. And uh, you could uh, get more information on that. Um, I think that's all the announcements I wanted to make this morning. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, remain seated as we sing our next song, Grace Greater Than All Our Sin. It's page 821 in your hymnal, but again, the words will be on the screen. Grace Greater Than Our Sin. Me and y'all are thankful for grace this morning. Look at that third verse that says, Dark is the stain that we cannot hide. You know what? That's everybody. It's me, it's you guys. We all have that stain somewhere in our lives. But what's so great about this song, it says, what can avail to wash it away? And there's a question mark at the end of that. And then look at that next word. What is that next word? It is look. And the punctuation on there is an exclamation point. Look at what there is. Let's sing it with that in mind this morning. Let's have that excitement this morning, that grace that is greater than our sin is provided through the Lord Jesus Christ as we sing this morning. Page 821.
Well, Psalm 100 and verse number 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. And at this time in our service, we're going to take a few moments to enter into his courts uh, with thanksgiving and uh, with praise, and uh, to be thankful unto him and to bless his name. So for the next few moments, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, you can come here to the front or pray right there in your seat and uh, come before the Lord and thank him for who he is and to bless his name. And then uh, Brother Rick Brandt, would you mind coming up afterwards and uh, kind of closing that time in a word of prayer before the message? All right, we'll go ahead and pray at this time. Father, we come to you, Lord. We thank you for your mercies and your grace, Lord, which flow new each morning. We ask you, Lord, that you just, uh, Lord, just have your will in the service today, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us, Lord, the provisions that you've made. And Lord, we just thank you that we have the ability, Lord, to come to you, Lord, and worship you here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you would at this time, uh, take your Bible and turn to a familiar passage in Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5, and we're going to continue our series on the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to read verses 22 and 23. And again, if you would join me in standing for the reading of God's Word, if you're physically able to do so. Galatians 5, and we'll read these two verses. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And uh, let's pray one more time together. Father, we're grateful for your word. We're thankful for this particular passage and the lessons that we're learning. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would help us to um, be attentive to what you'd have for us today. Help us to indeed be good good hearers, but then help us to uh, go from this place being good doers of what we hear. And uh, we'll thank you for all that you do in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So a few weeks ago, we began this series on the fruit of the Spirit, and uh, we've learned the importance of abiding in Christ and walking daily in the Spirit in order for Him to produce uh, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And 
We've studied, uh, we've spent a week on each of these, on love, joy, peace. Last week we looked at long-suffering or patience, and uh, today we're going to zero in on this idea of gentleness and uh, growing in gentleness. Now, I wanted to ask this question and to get us thinking a little bit this morning to start with. I realize it's a Sunday and thinking is like, hey, wait a minute, this is the weekend. We're not supposed to be thinking on a Sunday. Uh, But here's the question, and that is this. Who comes into your mind when you think of the word gentle? Who comes to your mind when you think of the word gentle? Is it a family member? What about a friend? Maybe it's a teacher. As I thought about this question in my own life, I... My mind went all the way back to when I was in preschool. Uh, One of my earlier memories, uh, I went to a preschool uh, that was located at a city park uh, there in Lancaster, California on 5th Street East. And uh, at this particular uh, preschool, I do remember my teacher. She was was a younger teacher and uh, she loved uh, these she loved us, and, uh, and I knew that. And I remember one, on one particular day, it was a hot day there in Lancaster, and, and uh, being that it was a, a right next to the city park, we had access to the playground there at the park. This playground had a lot of cool things, at least I thought so at the time, uh, but it had this really tall rocket ship that had a slide uh, going down, and this rocket ship had four different levels. It had the first, you know, you, you climb up this little ladder and you get into this one, the first level, and there's really nothing to do in that one. So you got to go up to the next one. And then when you get to that, there's the slide that goes down, a metal slide. This is back in the day, right? Uh, they all have plastic slides now that cause all kinds of static electricity when you go down them. Uh, but then, then the third level was really nothing. But the fourth level, you get to the very top, and there was a big steering wheel, so you could pretend like you were flying this rocket ship. And uh, I remember one day I was going up this uh, rocket ship, and I was at the third level. Well, the problem was each of those uh, floors of each level was metal, and it was a super hot day, and it was just so hot for me. And I don't remember if I didn't have my shoes. I think that that's what it was. I was barefoot. And I got to that level, and it was just too hot for my little feet. And uh, I started to cry. I know. I'm admitting that uh, I was crying. But uh, there I was, a little four-year-old boy on the third level of this rocket ship. And I was crying because it was so hot up there. Well, my teacher heard me cry, and she climbed all the way up that rocket ship to where I was, and she rescued me, she grabbed me, and she helped me down, uh, and I don't know if we slid down the slide, but I do remember her coming to rescue me in that moment of despair. Uh, that's who I thought of when I thought of the word gentle, uh, someone who cared for me, someone who was gentle enough and kind enough to rescue me in my time of need. Now, ideally, everyone in my life, ideally, would think of me when they think of uh, the word gentle. Now, is that always the case? Unfortunately, no. But ideally, everyone in our lives would think of us when they think of the word gentle because this is the fruit of the Spirit for all believers. 
And so the question for you and for me is this. Do people think of us when they think of the word gentle? They should. This is something that is supposed to be a natural thing for a believer. uh, Because hopefully we're all walking in the Spirit. And as a result, the Lord is able to produce this fruit called gentleness in our lives. And this morning, I'm gonna, we're going to take a look at what the Bible says about gentleness. And hopefully, uh, if it's not true that people think of me and you when they think of the word gentle, hopefully by the end of this message, we'll go and live in such a way that they will. So first of all, number one, I want us to look this morning very briefly at the meaning of gentleness. Uh, what does gentleness mean? Um, what does it mean? Well, first of all, it means uh, usefulness, that is moral excellence. It means gentleness, of course, goodness, and kindness. It means softness of manners, mildness of temper, sweetness of disposition, meekness, kindness, benevolence, tenderness, mild treatment. I know that's a lot to write down there, but the idea is that instead of being abrasive, it's a soft disposition. It's a kind disposition. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 4 and verse 32. He said, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So he tells us to be kind one to another. Uh, Paul, in describing what charity is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, charity suffereth long. We looked at that last week, how uh, love is patient. But he says, not only is charity suffereth long, but it is also kind. Kind. A story that uh, I read that kind of illustrated this a little bit uh, was from Abraham Lincoln's life. And despite his busy schedule during the Civil War, President Lincoln would often visit hospitals to cheer, uh, cheer up the wounded. On one occasion, he saw a, fellow, uh, a young fellow who was near uh, his time of death. Is there anything I can do for you? asked the compassionate president. And the reply came, please write a letter to my mother. Well, unrecognized by the soldier, the chief executive sat down and wrote as the young man told him what to say. Here's what the letter read. My dearest mother, I was badly hurt while doing my duty and I won't recover. Don't sorrow too much for me. May God bless you and father. Please kiss Mary and John for me. Well, the young man was too weak, too weak to go on, so President Lincoln signed the letter for him and then added this postscript, written for, you, for your son by Abraham Lincoln. Asking to see the note, the soldier was astonished to discover who had shown him such kindness. He had no idea that this was the president of the United States at that time. Are you really our president? This young man asked. Yes, was the quiet answer. Now, is there anything else I can do? The lad feebly replied, Will you please hold my hand? I think it would help me to see me through to the end. The tall, gaunt man granted his request, offering warm words of encouragement until death stole in with the dawn. 
Here was a man who displayed such gentleness and kindness to this young man. Alexander McLaren, a theologian of the uh, the 1800s, said this, Kindness makes a person attractive. If you would win the world, melt it. Do not hammer it. As we walk in the Spirit, we'll have this natural gentleness that doesn't come from ourselves because I don't know about you, but I'm not naturally gentle. I'm not naturally kind. I'm naturally uh, thinking about my own life. And yet, as we walk in the Spirit, He produces this supernatural fruit of the Spirit in our lives that says we need to be kind to others. So that's the meaning of gentleness. But I want us to see, secondly, very briefly this morning, the model of gentleness. The model of gentleness. And, and again, as I asked the question a, a little bit ago, uh, who comes into your mind when you hear the word gentle? And you might be thinking of uh, maybe, maybe your mom, uh, maybe a grandma. M- both of my grandmas were very gentle to me, very kind to me. You might again be thinking of a teacher. You might be thinking of a friend. And uh, there have been some tremendous models of gentleness in the past. I even think of the Apostle Paul. He was a model of gentleness as he ministered to the church at Thessalonica. Here's what, it, here's what he said to them. He said, we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. And Paul was a great model of gentleness, no doubt, but the ultimate model of gentleness is the Lord himself. He has been gentle and kind to all of us. Psalm 117, I'm going to read the entire psalm, the entire chapter to you, which by the way is only two verses, shortest chapter in the Bible. Two verses, Psalm 117, it says, Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Luke chapter number 6 and verse 35, Jesus said, Love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be called, or ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. He's kind to all of us. He makes it rain on the just and the unjust, doesn't he? God is kind to all of us. 1 Peter 2 and verse 3, Peter said, If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And by the way, the word gracious there is uh, translated from the Greek word that is used for kind and elsewhere. So the Lord is kind, the Lord is gracious. I'm going to ask you uh, this morning to turn to Titus in chapter number 3. Titus chapter 3, and we'll be there in a moment, but I just want you to have it uh, open to that when we get there here in a moment. God is gentle to all of us. He is a gentle and a kind God toward us. And as He sent His only begotten Son to this earth, and Jesus Christ in His earthly life 
displayed a perfect life of gentleness and kindness. Think about how Jesus treated children. You remember when his disciples were trying to shoo those infants away? Ah, Jesus doesn't have time for those uh, snotty-nosed kids. We don't have time for that. How did Jesus respond to those disciples? Here's what he said to them. He said, uh, he called them unto him and said, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. So he was kind to the children. He was uh, kind to the uh, lost. Think about when the people were hungry. As they were following him and watching to see what miracles he would do. And as he noticed that they were hungry, he didn't say, Ah, well... Why don't you go ahead and skip another meal? It might be good for you to skip a meal. That's not what he did. Uh, The Bible talks about how he miraculously fed 5,000 men plus women and children on one occasion and then 4,000 on another. You see, Jesus was kind and gracious and gentle during his life. What about, uh, you think about, okay, he's... Mr. Gentle, what about the two times that Jesus cleansed the temple? What about that abrasive sermon that he preached to the Pharisees? Where was his gentleness and kindness then? I will say this, I assure you that his gentleness was on display in those moments. (laughs) Because he could have destroyed them on the spot, but instead chose to do what he did to show his restraint and his kindness. And he was also choosing to honor God and wanted everyone to know how serious uh, worshiping the Lord is. And his public rebuke of the Pharisees, they were abusing others to make themselves look better. And he was speaking in defense of these people and showing them gentleness and kindness. See, he gently dealt with the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Remember that story? how uh, the Pharisees and all those who who wanted to trip Jesus up found this woman in the act of adultery in the very act and brought her to Jesus and said, Ah, look who we caught. What are you going to do about it? And they were probably picturing Jesus uh, rebuking her in front of everybody and and making her a spectacle. But instead, you know what he did? He, He got down on the ground and started writing in the sand. And then he happened to say, hey, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And one by one, starting at the eldest, all the way until the least, departed. He finally gets up and looks at her and says, oh, where did everybody go? Oh, well, they they left. No no man is going to condemn you, and neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. A lot of people wonder what he wrote in the sand that day. It could have been the sins of all the others who thought, we're going to make her look bad so that we look better. And as he began to write down their sins, they felt guilty and left. Very well could have been the case. He could have done that. You see, he gently dealt with her, and he was gentle and kind to heal all those who were sick. He displayed his kindness when he raised three different individuals from the dead. 
Peter said this and kind of summarizing the life of Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. See, Jesus displayed tremendous and perfect gentleness and kindness in his life while here on earth. But the greatest act of gentleness and kindness, my friend, was when he went to an old rugged cross to suffer and to sacrifice on our behalf because of my sin and yours. Titus chapter 3, your Bible's open there. Let's look at verse number 3. The Bible says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. This is how we were. But then notice the next verse that says, But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Aren't you glad that God's love and kindness appeared to us in spite of our sin, in spite of our sinful condition? And because of this act of gentleness and kindness, you and I can be saved. Let's keep reading in Titus 3. It says, not by works of righteousness which we have done. Look, friend, there's nothing that we can do, no, no, no amount of good works we can do to earn our salvation, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord, that being justified by His grace... Look at this. We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. One of the richest men in the world, I don't know if he is the richest man, he may very well be, but uh, Jeff Bezos, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name, but the CEO of Amazon, uh, recently uh, $200 billion. Is that, does that sound right? Does anybody remember reading that? Very wealthy individual. How would you like to be his heir? How would you like to have your name written in his will that you would get his entire estate? How'd that make you feel? Pretty confident, right? Like I, and, and you may agree or disagree with his politics, but hey, you wouldn't uh, disagree with being in his will. <laughs> How would you like to be his heir? Friend, can I tell you something? If you are a believer, you are an heir of someone far richer than any CEO of any company or amount of wealth, it doesn't matter. You are an heir of someone far richer than all of them. Galatians 4 and verse number 7, here's what Paul said to the Galatians. He says, Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then you are an heir of God through Christ. You realize the moment that you believed on Christ and you came uh, to a point of salvation in your life, when you became His child, you became an heir and your name was written in the will of God? Here's what... Peter says about this concept. 
1 Peter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. You and I are going to get an inheritance one day. What is this inheritance like? Here's what he describes this inheritance in 1 Peter 1. He says, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away. And it is reserved in heaven for you. You know, there's been lots of stories and perhaps you know of some. And maybe even in your own family that somebody inherited a lot of money and before long that money was burnt up and gone. This inheritance that Jesus has promised us is incorruptible. It, it cannot, it's undefiled and it fades not away. It will last for all of eternity. And it's reserved in heaven for me and for you. Praise the Lord. No wonder he said to the Ephesians, Paul did, in chapter 2 and verse 7, he says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So Jesus displayed his gentleness, his kindness in his earthly ministry and in his life. He displayed it on the cross of Calvary and then one day he's going to, uh, we're going to see it firsthand in, uh, in glory as we uh, realize and understand the reality of our inheritance there in heaven. So he is the ultimate model of gentleness. Because he is gentle, he has called us to be gentle. Because he is kind, he has called us to do that too through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I want us to see thirdly this morning the manifestation of gentleness. The manifestation of gentleness. How and in where in what areas of our lives should we be showing this area of gentleness, this uh, attribute and characteristic of kindness and gentleness. How can we manifest it and where should we be manifesting gentleness? Now once again, with, as with all the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, may the Lord help us each to manifest gentleness and kindness starting in our very own homes. For those of us who are married Gentleness and kindness is a very important characteristic to have present inside of a marriage. I read about uh, newspaper columnist George Crane, and he told the story of a wife who came into his office wanting to divorce her husband. She said, I not only want to get rid of him, I want to get even while I'm at it. So before I divorce him, I want to hurt him as much as he has hurt me. So Dr. Crane suggested a brilliant plan. Here's what I want you to do, he said to her. Go home and act as if you really love your husband. I mean, tell him how much he means to you. Praise him for every decent trait. Go out of your way to be as kind and considerate and generous as possible. I mean, spare no efforts to please him, to enjoy him. Make him believe that you love him. And after you've convinced him of your undying love and that you cannot live without him, then, and then only then, drop the bomb. 
Tell him that you're getting a divorce and then that'll really hurt him. Well, with revenge in her eyes, she smiled and exclaimed, Beautiful. That's beautiful. Will he ever be surprised? This will get him for sure. So she did it with enthusiasm. For two months, she showed love. She showed kindness. She listened. She gave. She reinforced. She shared with him. But when she didn't return after two months, Crane called. Said, hey, uh, are you ready to now go, go through with the divorce? Divorce, she exclaimed, never. I discovered that I really do love him. You see, her actions had changed her feelings. Motion resulted in emotion. So, if you really want to get even with your spouse, be super kind to them, is the moral of the story. <laughs> Maybe your marriage could use an extra dose of gentleness, extra dose of kindness. I think all of ours could. We all could. What about parents to children? Could those children need uh, use a little kindness and gentleness? Yes. What about children to parents? Moms and dads, I think, yeah, we could use a little gentleness and kindness from our children. What about siblings to one another? Yeah. Is that going to happen? I hope so. <laughs> we need gentleness and kindness in our homes. We need gentleness and kindness at work. We need gentleness and kindness at church. We need kindness and gentleness in our communities. We need those. We, we need it in every area of our lives because... It should be a fruit of the Spirit, and it should be evident everywhere we are with every person that we're with. How do we do this? Four quick thoughts here on how to be gentle and kind to those around us. First of all, to be sensitive. We need to be sensitive. Now, most of us are professional thinkers about our own lives, aren't we? We're experts at it. We know what's going on in our own lives, and, and, and we spend a lot of time thinking about what's going on in our own little world. But here's a question for us this morning. How sensitive are we, first of all, to God? But then, how sensitive are we to the needs of others around us? Paul said to the Philippians in chapter Chapter 2 and verse number 4, he said, Look not every man on his own things. But Paul, I'm good at that. I'm good at looking at my own things and my own life and my, uh, my, the things that I'm going through and, and what I'm dealing with. I'm good at that. Yeah, everybody is. We don't need instruction there. Uh, we need to look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. See, gentleness is expressed and manifested by being sensitive to God and to others. How good are we at knowing what's going on in other people's lives, not in a busybody type of a manner, but in a, I care about what's happening in your life. How good are we at that? 
Well, when the Spirit of God is working in our hearts, we will take time to think about what it's like in someone else's shoes. Instead of just worrying about the guy in my shoes all the time. Let's take the time to think about what it's like and what someone else is going through. Let's take the time to think about what it's like to be in our spouse's shoes. I mean, if I stop and think, what, what's it like? What would it be like to be married to me? Ooh, I need to pray for her a lot more. <laughs> I need to be nice to her. She has got a cross to bear. See, if we stop and think about what it's like to be in their shoes, it will help us to be more sensitive to their needs. So with our spouse, with our children, with our coworkers, with our employees, with our bosses, with our neighbors, with our church family, let's take the time to be sensitive, to think through what someone else is going through. I think about what Jesus said to the disciples. He said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're white already unto harvest. He's saying, get your eyes off of yourselves not in your own little world, and think about the needs of others around you, most of all, the need of salvation, and go do something about it. Giving the gospel, by the way, to someone is the greatest thing, you, the, great, the greatest and kindest thing you could ever do for someone else. So if we're going to manifest gentleness, we need to be sensitive, but then we also need to be sympathetic. Sympathetic. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 15, Paul said this, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, but then weep with them that weep. This takes a little time. This takes a, a, a focus off of me and a focus on others. So for those who are going through a difficult time, uh, God's word is very clear here. The command is clear to weep with them that weep and yes, to rejoice with them that rejoice too. The truth of the matter is all of us, most of us at least, are all dealing with some type of adversity in our lives and some sort of difficulty and, and we could all use some sympathy and some encouragement from those around us. We may not going around like broadcasting what we're going through, but we could all use some encouragement. Most of us aren't going around saying, oh yeah, I have this trial and this difficulty, uh, but we could all use some encouragement and gentleness, this, this fruit of the Spirit, this aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, if we're going to manifest it, requires a little sympathy in our lives. But not only that, we also need to be straightforward. Straightforward. You say, this is uh, a little odd. I thought we were talking about being kind. Remember Jesus as he addressed those Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23? He was being very straightforward with them. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 27 and verse 6, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Sometimes, and many of you have had friends who have come alongside and say, hey, I, I need to talk to you about something. I need to address something that I see in your life. 
is that the friend is that something that feels comfortable and and wonderful no but it's helping to get something out of my life that's causing damage it's and i've used this illustration recently it's it's like a a splinter inside a finger most of us have had a splinter before i've heard you had a pretty interesting encounter with a splinter last week but these splinters a lot of times we think that they're going to just work their way out and hopefully they do but many times they don't and they 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 get in there and they get infected and it hurts to get them out when they get infected but it's necessary for the healing to really start and Sometimes it is the most gentle and kind thing to address something like that. Is it comfortable? No. But it brings healing. It brings peace. And I praise the Lord for those in my own life who have been those faithful and bringing me those faithful wounds. Yes, it it hurts, but it's going to get better soon. So gentleness and kindness is displayed by being straightforward, but then it's also displayed by being spontaneous. This is simply following the Lord's leading in your life to show gentleness and kindness. It doesn't have to have a schedule. You don't have to have it on your calendar necessarily. Um, but Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 says this, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, and especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I mean, these are just random, okay, you've heard of random acts of kindness. May the Lord help us to do regular acts of kindness, where we're uh, trying to find ways and creative ideas to show kindness and gentleness to those around us. Have you ever thought about paying for someone's meal in a drive-through? What about giving praise and encouragement to someone who, who needs it? What about sending a card to someone in our church, letting them know you are praying for them? What about baking some goodies for a neighbor? Speaking of neighbors, can I tell you what one of my neighbors did for me recently? While I was on vacation, just before I got back from my vacation, he decided that he was going to do something for me that I had no idea. This was a big surprise for me, but um, he actually mowed, edged, and weed-eated my front yard and my backyard about a day or two before we got home. We got home at night. I didn't really notice anything. But the next morning, my wife comes in and says, I think someone mowed our entire yard. I was like, what? I was planning to get up that morning and do all my yard work. My next-door neighbor had done it all for me. See, here was a man who displayed tremendous gentleness and kindness to me, uh, and he did it spontaneously. I think about those in our own church who have displayed spontaneous acts of uh, graciousness and gentleness and kindness to those uh, around us. I just know of a a situation where a family invited another family that had two teenage boys over for dinner. Two teenage boys for dinner. Can you believe that? I mean, the food bill on that alone. 
they, they did that for a church family. I, I think about uh, another situation where one of our church families, one of, our, one of the men in our church, um, helped another family um, with some repairs in their home. Some in our church who have been uh, sewing masks together uh, to give out to those in our church. And on and on it can go. Here's, here's the question for all of us, though, this morning. What can you do this week to show gentleness and kindness to someone in your family, to someone at work, to someone at school, to someone here at church, to a neighbor? So our homework this week, see, I didn't plan to get any homework this morning. By the way, every uh, service should be a homework for us. God should give us something that we can take with us and work on and, and uh, implement into our lives. But our homework this week is to do something intentionally to show gentleness or kindness to someone in our lives. So we see the manifestation of gentleness, but I want us to see, fourthly, uh, the means of gentleness. Where does this gentleness come from? I mean, it doesn't come naturally for most of us because, once again, we're all professional thinkers of ourselves. That's where the focus is for me if I'm living on my natural life. See, I want to remind us this morning that gentleness is a part of the fruit of the Spirit that He produces in the life of a believer who is walking in the Spirit. So the means to manifesting this fruit in our lives is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who produces this in our lives. And yes, we, need, we can work on it and, and focus on it, but we need to be walking in the Spirit, spending time daily in God's Word where we learn about how Christ was and how kind He was, and, and it'll put in us a desire to be like the Lord. So it's imperative that we walk in the Spirit and trust Him to produce this in our lives. Well, friend, I want to say this. It does pay to be kind. I read about a, an author from uh, many, many uh, decades ago, Somerset uh, Moggins' mother, was an extraordinarily beautiful woman. But she married an extra, extraordinarily ugly man. Now you're thinking, are you sure you're not talking about you and your wife, Pastor? <laughs> I could be, but I'm not today, in this moment. But so his mom, who is super beautiful, married this super ugly man. When a family friend once asked how such a beautiful woman could have married such an ugly man, she replied, he has never once hurt my feelings. So it pays to be kind. So guys, there's maybe hope for you. <laughs> Just kidding. Let me wrap it up with this. Friend, let's, let's be kind. Let's be gracious and gentle this week. Why? Well, because once again, Jesus was gentle. And we are to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And that includes this area of gentleness and kindness. And if you're here this morning and you have never been saved, today is the day of salvation. Jesus is so gentle and kind to make a way for you to have your sins forgiven and to have heaven as your eternal home if you would but repent and believe. That's the greatest kindness there is. 
I hope that you'll respond to that kindness today by believing on Christ. For those of us who are saved, let's decide to be gracious and gentle this week and to allow God's Holy Spirit to produce this part of the fruit in each of our lives. May it be manifested in our homes, at work, at school, here at Cornerstone Baptist Church, and in our communities. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this idea of gentleness. Lord, we don't naturally uh, have this in our hearts, but Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that does produce this in our lives. And Lord, it's been a joy to see this uh, manifested even in our own church family in recent days, and we praise you for that. And I pray, Lord, that that would increase and that you would help me especially to lead the way in that. And Lord, help it to be manifested at home. May it be manifested at work. May, may, may people at work know us as the kindest, most gentle people uh, working there. At school, Lord, may we have a gentle spirit about us. Help us, Lord, to be kind to those around us. And I pray, Lord, that uh, if there's one here today that's not sure about heaven as their home, may they come to Jesus and be born again today. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm going to ask Miss Pat to play through that first verse of that song. Uh, and as she does, I just want to give you an opportunity right where you are to do business with the Lord regarding where you have been this week in the area of gentleness and kindness and uh, maybe making some decisions about where you're going to go based on this message. I'll be quiet and let you have a time with the Lord. Let's sing that, uh, those two verses together this morning. God is so good. Why should we be kind and gentle? Because he's so good to me. He's so good to you. Um, Let's go ahead and uh, stop the live stream.